Welcome to American K Sisters. My name is Linda. I am Hina. Enjoy our show about the spectacular American life of two Korean sisters. Hello, everyone. Today is just me, no Hina, because I have a special guest today. So it's gonna be me interviewing or talking with this person who's very special to me because they are my dear friend and the musician for our podcast, Miss Christine. Hello! Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk with you today. <laughs> Yeah, we are making two episodes in June to celebrate LGBTQ plus Pride Month. And we started with talking about my own journey of being queer and coming out as queer. And we wanted to have one more episode and uh, that will be with uh, Christine. So uh, let's dig in. Christine, I want to tell our listeners first how in the world we got connected. <laughs> who who are you in my life? <laughs> Almost everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, I moved yeah. back to Iowa in 2017 kind of for a soul-searching, introspective time of my life and I went to yeah, your hometown, right? Uh, well, sort of. I grew up in northern Iowa, so it was yeah. a new experience going to Iowa City, uh, which surprisingly, there's a lot of difference in culture in Iowa, mm. which I guess you can say that. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> yeah, in its own circle, yes, there is richness for its size. I know it well because I used to live in Iowa City, and that's where we met, right? Yeah. Yeah, so mm -hmm. meeting you was so such a happy like surprise to see you and meet you at a vegan meetup and yeah. I never thought I would meet someone like you in Iowa and I'm so grateful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm not from Iowa, so 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 that sort of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I've cuz I moved back to Iowa from Nashville and there it was very segregated. So coming to a place like Iowa City and seeing mm. all this diversity compared to the South um, mm. was really nice. And yeah, I'm so glad that we met. <laughs> That's good. I think you and I pretty much hit up like very easily from the beginning. I think we are like the only two young people <laughs> at that meeting. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the meeting was at a Zen center, like Buddhistic Zen center. And like many attendees at Zen centers are pretty old. And, you know, I'm quite social. So I, I think I got your contact info and we met up and we went to like ice cream place and then we started talking. But I remember in the like first year of our relationship, like we had to like, trace down track down each other because you are touring a lot i think so every time you are in town we'll meet up and then i will every time like when we meet up my must question was when are you in town again next time <laughs> yeah. so we can like set up a meeting right yeah 
But then, yes, like we both、uh, pursue veganism and we are both queer. So I think those. I mean, you know what? I'm gonna add in. We are both socialist and anti-racist. Yes. So、um, I think many things. Christine and I share a lot in common. And do you remember the year we met? Maybe like it's it was the winter you moved move you just moved to Iowa. Yeah, December twenty seventeen. Yeah. So、um, since then, we've been sort of. Learning about each other and also learning many new things together and growing together, so、um, that's something that I really value in our relationship. Me too. I want to ask a queer question. <laughs> What is a queer question?、Um, I wrote down as a subheading: journey of coming out. <laughs> Um, in short, I mean, I think coming out is a very oversimplified term because often people think coming out is announcing queerness to people or in public. But I definitely think it start with questioning and coming out to yourself first. But I think because we got so close, you often told me what you were questioning. You included me in the journey of questioning and figuring it out, even before you got to the conclusion. And I listed all the words that you came up with in your journey, starting with like ace, gray, and and it kept adding. And but you know, it's true for me too. I kept adding too for myself. Yeah, that's why it's it's called journey. It's like once you start focusing on who you really are. It doesn't stop. It continues in that direction, don't you think? Yeah, and to have someone like you in my life as a supportive friend to be able to talk to openly, without judgment about these things, was so important and foundational for me on my queer journey. So thank you、mm-hmm. so much for that.、Uh, will you please tell me again? Actually, I know the answer. But to our <laughs> listener, what are the terms, labels that you use to identify yourself as a queer person? Yeah, so I identify as gender queer, gray sexual.、Mm-hmm. And I know you use pronoun they them. Yes, my pronouns are and, they them. And, and here's a fun fact: I use pronoun she and they, and. I got motivation, I guess, inspiration and courage to include they pronoun in my pronouns because of Christine. I was wonder, I was questioning, and told Christine that, oh, you know, I want to keep using pronoun she, but I also feel like pronoun they, and it's hard for me to choose. And you said, you don't have to choose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can use both. I'm like, what? <laughs> like. It was so rebelling, like because I I think until then I haven't seen that case. Everyone was choosing either she or he or they, or other ones. I didn't know you could use more than one option. Yeah, for sure, and that's also kind of going along those lines for me.、Um, my partner to the outside world, we look very like a cis hetero couple, but we are not. Because I of my queerness, and so I refer to my partner 
as my partner Mm -hmm. to kind of bring that to the forefront that we are a queer couple. Um, And that's what I love about language. You can play with it and you can make it your own and Mm -hmm. take back words or so many things with it, which is so empowering. Yeah, I think um, I started using that term partner as well to refer to uh, Chris because (laughs) husband was not working for me. (laughs) Yeah. Husband, um, not only is just very cis male, but then like sound just very traditional. To me, it almost sounds outdated because mm-hmm. it's because it's so binary, right? In the world of wife and husband, there is no space for non-binary people, so it just didn't feel right. So I actually brainstormed in English, and then I later on I brainstormed terms in Korean as well. Oh, cool! And there's like word called chakung that means my half or like my partner you use it you know i don't know if you had it in korea in elementary school we usually had at least when i went to elementary school we had desk that said two people each a little long so you always had chakung with you like whoever sit with you in, in the at the same desk were called chakung Ah. So I like that term because it doesn't necessitate like a martial status or any gender, etc. So it's just like someone who I am with, like I'm partnered with. So Aw, that's awesome. Yeah. I think you just talked about your pronoun, but then please, because not all the listeners, listeners know this term. Can you please tell us? what these terms mean, like genderqueer and gray sexual to you, and and sort of why you identify as those. How does it feel to you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so for me, I always say that uh, veganism is what started my gateway, was my gateway (laughs) to my queerness. And um, because when you're vegan, you realize that there's all of these food structures and things that are totally different from how you're trying to eat. And then it just kind of spiraled from there for me uh, with thinking outside of the box. And so I think it was in 2018, actually, I learned about the word gray sexual because I was Mm -hmm. talking with a friend and I said I was really confused because I don't experience sexual attraction and... I've felt like I always had to just go along with these things, being socialized mm-hmm. as a woman. And so as soon as I learned about that term, it was like this light bulb went off and also learning that I could say no <laughs> to mm-hmm. anything um, that that is so powerful. And so, oh, yeah. So that's like sort of a overlapping with veganism. You could say no to social norm. Or you could say no to what you are taught to do, eat meat, uh, animal product. But now you learn the power. You found the power in you to say no. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. to say no to sexual things um, Mm -hmm. that as women in in our society in America, it's like being socialized to you have to be submissive and all of these things. Mm -hmm. But really... You can do whatever you want and it's your body and you should respect your body and what you want. Um, and so 
yeah, being able to say no just totally changed everything for me. And I use the term gray sexual because Mm -hmm. I have experienced sexual attraction once in my life. Mm -hmm. So that's why I use that term. But most of the time, pretty much all the time, I don't experience sexual attraction. It's not even Mm -hmm. on my radar of things. And actually, I've never talked about this publicly in this way before. Mm -hmm. First time. (laughs) Yeah. This is cool to talk about it. Um, Because asexuality is um, often called the invisible orientation. And a lot of people don't even know that that's a possibility. And so, right. Yeah. So I think it's so important to talk about it and shine a little light on it. I totally agree. Asexuality and gray sexuality is really not uh, represented enough in our media. And our media and the society itself is very sex oriented. (laughs) Um, It's like, oh, being sexy is being beautiful. You, You need to attract your opposite sex in order to have some innate value, which is wrong, which is not true. And there are so many ways to connect with others, not in sexual way or not in romantic way. And they are as valid as sexual or romantic relationship. Mm -hmm. So I think this is really important. I believe there are actually many, many ace and gray sexual people out there who might just feel like, oh, I just don't understand what's the, you know, hype about this (laughs) sex appeal thing. You you might be ace. Or like if you felt like, oh, I, I had attraction to this one person. Maybe I'm not ace. You might be gray, right? And you know, these terms are really up for you to grab. If you feel, if you like the meaning of the language and you want to use it to describe yourself, to connect with other similar people, do that. But you don't have to use the label. It's really up to you. And a label isn't fixed. So... Mm-hmm. It can always change. And I use the term, so people who experience sexual attraction are called allosexual or allo, and people who don't experience sexual attraction are called asexual or ace. So generally, I just use the term ace to describe myself. But if we dive deeper, then I actually identify more with the term gray sexual. But yeah, nothing's fixed and all of these things can change. And I just think it's so important to think outside the box and really do that inner work and find what works for you. And a label is just a way to find other people who might think or feel similarly to you. Right, right. I think when you don't have the language to describe how you feel, or especially how you feel different from people around you, you could feel very lonely and confused. Uh, so that's where the language can be helpful. So you feel like, oh, there are other people who feel similarly to me. And um, that can be really helpful for queer people. Yeah. But to answer the other half of your question, so <laughs> I've been out as genderqueer publicly for the past few years now. And it really took a lot of inner work to get to that place. Mm -hmm. But I'm so glad I'm on the other side of it. But to me, genderqueer means like, if it's a spectrum and males on one side and females on the other, to me, genderqueer is like right in the middle. Um, Oh, 
It also is sometimes called non-binary. Um, I identify more with genderqueer than non-binary because I just like the queering of gender. Queerize it all. <laughs> yeah. Like sometimes I'll wear a skirt with a shirt and a tie, like a suit um, yeah. shirt or something. Yeah, it's just fun to play around. That's obviously gender expression. Right. That is different from how you identify. But I just like the term genderqueer to describe my identity. And I heard about it for the first time on the genderbred person. It's a really good resource um, you can find online if you look up the genderbred person. Oh, and sure. On that, I saw it for the first time, uh, the word genderqueer, and that was my other light bulb moment of, oh my gosh, I've always felt this way, but I never had a term to describe it. And it was so empowering, but getting from that place to then, you know, talking on this podcast with you about my identity, uh, it took a lot of inner work and cultivating self-love and self-compassion, but it's been so worth it and really Linda like having you in my life to be there for me and supporting me through this process of coming out more publicly has helped me so much and meant so much to me so thank you <laughs> my pleasure I think we accidentally actually served this very similar role to each other for that because I started coming out when I was in Iowa so you are there for me and I think our journey sort of overlap in terms of time period, uh, although it were, they were different paths. And um, I remember those times that you told me about new development. <laughs> it's like, Linda, there's a new development. And yeah. then you'll tell me something. And then after you tell me, like, for example, you decided to use pronouns they and them. And, and then I will say something comforting and validating. And you sounded really grateful for my validation and acceptance. And to me, I was like, what else? Like, what? why wouldn't I? <laughs> like, why wouldn't I accept you for who you are? Yeah. Like, it was, it was no-brainer to me to just see where you are going and finding the path for yourself and cheering for you. I was actually very grateful for you trusting me to tell me all, all the like inner secret. I mean, they're not secret now, but at yeah. the time, what was going on in your head? <laughs> yeah, and I think that that is another important thing to bring up or just talk about. Mm -hmm. There are so many people out there who identify as queer, but maybe it's only with their small inner circle of friends where they're comfortable being publicly out in that way yeah. or... You know, if you can find a friend that you ask them, hey, I want to use they, them pronouns, and you can experiment with that and see if you like how that sounds when you're talking with someone and you're exploring your own identity. You know, I don't like binaries. I don't like duality. And I think that it mm -hmm. it's not this thing. It's not like when I realized I was genderqueer and ace, I like woke up and was like, I'm going to tell the world. <gasps> Because it's it's not one or the other. It's a process. And you're talking about coming out. I think that all of life is a coming out. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think it's just one moment where it's like suddenly, you know, everyone knows. Yeah. Because 
Right. People misgender me all the time. Like, but yeah. people try. They're doing the best that they can. But it's all this unlearning we all have to do because we've been socialized mm-hmm. in this binary. And so just having that support where someone in this case, it's for me, it's you, uh, Linda, you were just so accepting and validating. And that is just so it's hard to put into words what that means Mm. to have a space like that when you're so socialized to be this certain way. Um, So yeah, it's really beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, I think we are beautiful. And our our friendship is very beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because at the end of the day, there are days that I feel shitty. I feel like, oh, I'm not worth living. I didn't do a lot of things today. I'm a failure, blah, blah. Pretty much like symptoms of depression. However, when that happens, I think of you and Hina. And, and other friends and family members that I uh, have cultured and nurtured to to healthy relationship, healthy, supportive relationship. And I'm like, well, my life is success. I mean, that's that's one thing I value most, relationship. And when I think of those individuals, including you, it's like, I'm doing well with my life. Maybe I messed up one test today. Not a big deal. Yeah, and to piggyback on that, one thing that you've really taught me is to just remember to rest um, mm-hmm. no matter what you did or didn't do today, you deserve to rest. Yeah. And that has been so affirming for me to have right. th- that kind of support from you. So yeah. I agree that our friendship is so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I want to share a couple of quotes that came to my mind. One, I saw it as a graffiti in a park. Rest is resistance oh oh so good yes and another one is sticker on my friend kate's laptop artwork is work Mm. i think many people think making art making podcasts making music doesn't consume so much energy because you are doing what you love it's still work (laughs) it still consume energy a lot of energy (laughs) so um yeah, Christine, you need to remember that you are spending a lot of energy on creation. So you, you do have to rest as much as you need. Yes, so important. So today, I thought about talking about our queer experience, mostly your, Christine, but also your um, life as a musician. And I asked Hina, Hina, do you have any questions for Christine? And she sent some. So here's the first one. Hi, Miss Christine. Any fun episode about your stage name? You explained your name on your website, Miss Christine. But I assume a lot of people will be confused by quote-unquote Miss once they learn your gender identity. Dun-dun-dun, tell us the truth. (laughs) What's up with Miss Christine? Um, I love this question. So I am 
Iowa Public Radio's Artist of the Month for June, and there's an interview out now online. Oh my god! I'm so happy for you! (laughs) Thank you, and in that interview was the first time I was ever asked that question, and so this is the second time, and I love being asked this question because (laughs) I love playing with language, like we talked about earlier, and so... I feel like, yes, people are confused. And sometimes when you learn my gender identity, it might feel like this rug is being pulled out from under you. So Miss Christine is miss as in longing or absence. And it's a verb. Yes. It's a verb. It is. Uh And maybe you miss who you thought I was or... Maybe you missed the show. Who knows? But it <laughs> it can you can just play with language, and that's what I'm doing, and it's fun. And maybe it is confusing. Um, my alter ego is Mixteen, like MX. But um, mm-hmm. you know, it it's what it is right now, and it's fun. And I do have to do a bit more emotional labor to explain it, but it's okay. <laughs> Because it can start a fun conversation. Yeah, I think it actually uh, renders an opportunity to talk about it. Talk about gender identity and rejecting uh, binary. And um, I mean, you know, who knows? We are in 2023 now. And I see these young people, young new generation, who are much more open-minded and thinking in non-binary way in, in everything. So in maybe 50 years, even earlier, people might be okay using different titles for themselves or at, even at different time. I could be like Mr. Park, Miss Park, Mix Park. We might, we might just like end the titles, period. Who knows? But like, I, I like the lightheartedness of uh, your musician name and I love it. <laughs> it remind me of that that Lennon. Oh, I don't I don't remember the name. Leonard Cohen. Cohen? Yes, there is a crack a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in, and um, you are creating a a crack by saying Miss Christine. I'm like play with words everywhere. Make people think twice. Yeah, why also, not? Why not? <laughs> you got a brain. Use it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't just like absorb all the information given. Question it. Think twice. Look the back of it. Yes. <laughs> right. I want to ask you for maybe a couple of songs from your albums um, that represent especially your authentic queer self. Christine, does any song come to your mind? I know all of your songs are very down to earth talking about finding yourself and just giving a finger to to assholes (laughs) 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 like you know we need it we need musicians like we need music to do it and i'm sure many people including myself feel like exhilarated and relieved by you saying it out loud out there but like you know since we are running an episode especially for uh, pride month I wonder if there's a specific song that our listener can uh, try out. Yeah, so a song of mine that is queer specific would be my song Truth in Song. And this song I wrote in 2020 after 
the George Floyd horrible thing that happened. And um, this talks about trans rights. And sadly, it's become more relevant over time. And especially with these anti-LGBTQ laws and what's been happening in Iowa. And I also teach music and a lot of my students are trans and thinking about how they'll be affected by these laws. Uh, it's just so heartbreaking. But that's a song that I specifically mention queerness and trans people, but... Oh, pause. I want to uh, ask you, tell us a little more information about those anti-trans laws for the listeners who need the information. Yeah, so right now in America, there's a lot of laws being passed that affect mm -hmm. specifically minors, so they won't be able to have access to the gender-affirming care that they need, whether that be hormones or um, surgeries, but that is more rare in young people. But all of these gender-affirming care, it has been backed up by these, like, the psychological associations and all of these things, and these treatments save lives. And so mm -hmm. Iowa is a state out of many that passed this law that bans gender affirming care for minors. And mm -hmm. they also have passed laws where you have to use the bathroom of the sex you were assigned at birth. So that makes it unsafe for trans people. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of other laws as well um, right now that are being passed or trying to be passed that really discriminate against LGBTQ folks. Yeah. I think many people who are sort of sanctioned, like cis or non-queer people, might not know a lot about these issues because it, they don't affect them directly. So I think it's it's quite important that we we speak up about it when we have a platform and chance, and you are doing it through your music, including this song you just mentioned. Yeah, and I also want to point out that whether you live in a red state or a blue state or a safe haven for trans people, all of these laws are affecting people and children in these states. And we can't just bat a blind eye and think that our actions don't matter because they really do. And this is a time where we really need to come out and support one another. And whether that be mutual aid or um, in your community, it's so important that we come together to fight this because it's just horrible. Mm. Was there another song? Well, so I've been thinking about this uh, yeah. and I have my albums here because um, yeah. I was like, I want to look at the track listing. But like I said earlier, I've always felt like I'm genderqueer. I just didn't have the term to describe it. And so on right. my first album, Conversion, there's a song mm -hmm. called Skinny Jeans. Yeah, I love that song. And in the bridge, there's this line, along the way, soaked up society, my essence mm -hmm. went away. Mm -hmm. And I think at the time, I didn't really know <laughs> that, what I was saying, but it was like, <laughs> I've always felt like this other, this outsider 
but I just soaked up this thing that I'm a woman and just kind of went along with it, but it never really felt right. And so on my first album conversion, a lot of the songs are more gendered. Like my song entitled is an empowerment anthem. And I have a music video that Mm -hmm. goes over like all types of gender discrimination or harassment, but the language of the song itself is very gendered. Um, But that was just where I was at the time when I wrote it. But my new album, which just came out June 1st um, on Bandcamp, is called Bittersweet. And that was written during the pandemic where I was doing a lot more introspection. And when I really decided that I have a microphone and I need to use it and I need to be out Mm -hmm. publicly as who I am, because I, I just can't hide it anymore. And I don't want to hide it anymore is hard and sad. And so a lot of the songs on my new album are very existential. And they're not necessarily as gendered. But the last track on the album is called Isn't It Funny. And that one talks about like, being terrified of being seen and all of these things. But at the time when I wrote it, it was all on this journey to realizing who I am. So I'm really curious as I go forward with my music and songwriting, what it will look like for me to write, you know, a genderqueer anthem or something like that. But it's like with language, it's hard maybe for it to come through because it's non-gendered language. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's, it's subtle, but by way of me being genderqueer, my music is, you know, queer. All genderqueer. (laughs) And I should say on my new album, there are two ace love songs, Love With You and Alone. And yeah, it was really fun to write love songs that aren't sexual so i like that (laughs) i i really love it i um look forward to listening to those too especially because i am not ace and i have read books on it um and i sort of understand how it would feel right but then i think definitely one thing that people often misunderstand is that asexual people do not have romance in their life, like dry. It's like, well, that's not true. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, I really look forward to listening to them. And, you know, I think even if your songs, certain songs do not have specific terms or words uh, related to queer in them, uh, music is art form. So, like, when someone um, listens to it, they could interpret in many different ways. And whatever that is, people might find it relatable, that people might find them uh, comforting, uh, even if they do not have super specific language. Yeah, and that actually is something that I've done in my music videos, is that is a medium where I really can play more with the visuals of gender. So I have a music video for my song Conversion, and in that Mm -hmm. song, I wipe all this lipstick off my face, and it gets all over Mm -hmm. my face. And that music video is really a commentary on gender, as well as my latest music video, Google University. It goes back in time in the 1960s and I have these different looks in it and I also wipe off these fake eyelashes and 
a lot of this is to me really symbolic of just breaking away from these gendered norms of mm-hmm. how you're supposed to look or something like that. Yeah. 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 I love uh, watching your music videos because most of all, I can see you are having fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And one other thing I wanted to say was I also want to shout out the aromantic people because mm-hmm. I'm an ace person and I do experience romantic attraction, mm-hmm. but not all ace people experience that. And so they would be called aromantic. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's a, it's a lot of layers and things to learn about. And I'll send some resources that you can put in the show notes. Yeah. Send yeah. us the list. Yeah. <laughs> study list. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, time flies when I talk with you, Christine. <laughs> and I want to definitely share more information about you with our listener. Can you please share like where? Where can we find you and listen to your music? And what's available now? What's the plan? Blah, blah, blah. Say it all. Yeah, so you can go to misschristinemusic.com and there <laughs> you can be directed to wherever you would like to go. I'm on all of the streaming services. I'm on YouTube. If you look up Miss Christine Music, you can find me most places. And my album, Bittersweet, it's my second full-length record, came out on June 1st, and it is exclusively available on Bandcamp, and it's available on CD and vinyl. And I'm so excited that it is released, and I'll be touring around the Midwest this summer to support the release of the record. So all of my most recent tour dates, it's updated on my website. Again, that's misschristinemusic.com. And my next show will be July 7th in Cedar Rapids at Nubo City Market for Rock the Block at 7 p.m. And I have a bunch more dates that are happening this summer. You can check that all out on my website. Oh, that's going to be exciting summer. Yeah, I think I will add one more. You have Instagram as well, right? Yes. If you just look up Miss Christine Music. Mm-hmm. Because um, we have Instagram account. I think our followers can look you up there too. I think that's it. How How was it, Christine? <laughs> this was great. And it's so special to be able to talk about these things. And when you approached me to do this and... We were talking a little yesterday, you mentioned how this is more about me as my queer self, as Mm -hmm. a person. And I think most of my life, I kind of hid behind being a musician and just really putting my head down and getting really proficient at playing the bass, which by the way, I'm a bass player and I sing. Mm -hmm. Um, And through that, coming back to Iowa, meeting you, part of this journey, I've learned to look at myself as a whole human being and love myself and not hide this other facet of myself that I've hidden for so long. And we're so much more than what we do. And that's what I would tell myself if I was talking to the Christine that moved back to Iowa. There's so much more to life than just being so laser focused on something. And I will continue to release music. I'll create art. I have goals, but I'm looking at them more in this well-rounded way. And so thank you for giving me this opportunity to talk more about that and just holding that space for me. That is 
it's, yeah, like I said earlier, it's hard to put it into words how meaningful that is. So thank you. <laughs> oh my God. Thanks so much for being here. It might feel easy for you now to talk about all these because you have been doing it um, recent years. But then it is definitely not an easy thing to talk about your true self in public, especially when it is things that not all the mainstream <laughs> approve of or support, etc. Like, we, we are, our existence is resistance <laughs> itself to this society. So, kudos to us, you and me, Christine, and all the people who are resisting day to day. And it was it was good. I, I'm I'm super uh glad that it worked out and we, we had you for this special month celebration. Yeah, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Uh let me tell my listener what we are having next. So in next episode, Hina and I are gonna be back together doing mid year check in. Um at the beginning of twenty twenty three we had talked about what we plan to do or what's our goals, etc. for the new year. And <laughs> Hina Bing, who who she is, who's like super effective with her life, thought we should do mid-year check-in. So we'll do that. <laughs> okay, and we'll talk about how things are going with us. So um see you next time. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye everyone. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, support us by leaving ratings and reviews on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and help us grow our community. Subscribe to our show wherever you listen to your podcasts. Connect with us on Instagram, American K-Sisters, or send us a message at AmericanKSisters at gmail.com. If you want to learn more about each episode, check the show notes below. A big shout out to Miss Christine for the beautiful music in our podcast. Share our show with your fellow fans of Korea and K-Everything. Everything.